If you would turn to 1 Corinthians with me this evening, let's get into the word on the subject of being hungry for the Holy Spirit. Say it out loud. Hungry for the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, and we'll actually read first the uh, 31st verse, 1 Corinthians 12, 31, says, But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. 1 Corinthians 12, 31, covet earnestly the best gifts. Like we've said before, usually when you see the word covet in the Bible, it has a negative connotation and you're being told don't covet. Even in the law it says don't covet your neighbor's wife. Don't covet your neighbor's donkey or house or anything that belongs to your neighbor. But here he says covet this. Covet is a strong word. It means strongly desire to long after something. Do you long after the gifts of the Spirit? Hmm? Most people don't. But he told us to, didn't he? How about Faith Life Church folks? Are we getting stirred up? At least some that we are going to long after, covet earnestly. More than we do any natural thing, we covet the gifts and manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Do we? Say it out loud, I do. I, do. I, desire. I desire. I covet earnestly the gifts of the Spirit. Well, he went on in the 14th chapter to say a similar thing. Chapter 14 and verse 1, follow after love and do what? Desire spiritual gifts but rather that you may prophesy, desire spiritual gifts. He says it again. Well, why would he tell us to desire them? Is there anything involved to where that if we're going to have them, we need to give him that to work with? Or is it just non-essential? It's just a nice thing to do. The Lord doesn't tell us to do something for no reason. How many would believe that? Uh, If you skip on down to the last uh, verse of that same chapter in the 39th verse, he says, Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongues. Now, we live in a generation where there's a lot of churches forbid speaking in tongues. No speaking in tongues. Isn't that strange? That the Bible says, don't forbid it, and many churches forbid it. Well, back in the first verse of chapter 12, he said, now concerning uh, spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. And he gives us this 12th chapter, and the 13th chapter, and the four, uh, virtually the whole 14th chapter is instruction on speaking in tongues, and interpreting, and prophesying. And yet most Christian church-going folk don't even believe in it. (laughs) Hmm? Don't even believe it. Not for us nowadays. 
Have all kind of explanations. Well, that was just the apostles and when the the twelve had that and some folks in the early days of the church and, and when they died, all that ceased and passed away. What scripture do you have for that explanation? Hmm? Where do people get that? And see, it's mighty convenient that because they don't have these experiences and they don't live like this, then it explains why they don't. Because you never run across a tongue talker that'll tell you it's passed away. (laughs) Right? And we know it's beyond dispute. The first Christians that were in the beginning days of the church were all tongue talkers. I mean, we know the 120 on the day of Pentecost, tongue talkers. No dispute in that. That's how the church got kicked off. On the day of Pentecost, I guess you'd call them Pentecostals. <laughs> the originals. Is that right? Tongue talkers. And here he's writing to the church at Corinth, giving them instructions about talking in tongues the right way and the right time and not doing it the wrong way and the wrong time. And actually they had an abundance of tongues and a lot of it was disorderly. And yet in the middle of it, he says, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than all of y'all. And he's having to correct them. Well, he must have got up speaking in tongues and went to bed talking in tongues. Well, much of the church world doesn't believe this. They deny it. They forbid it. And it's dangerous ground because they're just completely ignoring and violating New Testament Scripture. Now, every one of us will be able to read things in the Word of God that our life doesn't measure up to. Hmm? Somebody says, well, I don't talk in tongues. Well, don't feel bad about it, but don't try to tell us that it's passed away and not for you. There was a time I was a believer for many years that didn't speak in tongues. I was thoroughly saved. If I'd have died, gone straight to be with Jesus. I love the Lord, but I didn't talk in tongues. But now for many more years thereafter, I do talk in tongues. And I can tell you, with is better. Much. Well, I just don't believe it's for everybody, Brother Keith. Well, you believe wrong. It's for everybody. It's for every believer, every child of God has the right to be gloriously filled with the same spirit you're born again of. Speak in tongues. Hallelujah. Prophesy. And have all of the nine manifestations and gifts of the spirit operating in the church in different ones as he wills. Now, don't, uh, you know, don't get annoyed with me over this. I mean, if you say, well, I don't believe it like that, brother. Fine, fine. We love you. Love us. <laughs> yeah, you believe somebody can be saved and not speaking to them? Well, certainly, certainly. You've got to be born again in order to be a candidate to be filled with the Spirit. Of course, that can happen almost simultaneously. You can get, I mean, you see that in the book of Acts. You can get born again, filled with the Spirit, split second apart, if that much. But the reason I keep talking about speaking in tongues is because, like we quoted uh, Brother Hagin uh, last week or so, he said he noticed in his own personal life that the more he spoke in tongues, the more of these other manifestations he had in his life. And the less he spoke in tongues, the less of them he had. It's the doorway. And if you don't know how or are unwilling to yield your tongue to the Holy Spirit... 
How many remember James talking about the tongue is like the bridle and bit on the horse. It's like the rudder. We might say it's like the steering wheel. And uh, if you're not willing or don't know how to yield your tongue to the Holy Spirit, well, then you're going to be limited in yielding to him in these other areas. But how many want to just go all the way in? I mean, just if it's for me, I want it. Just let me... Huh? Just be willing to say that. How many would be willing to say that? If it's for me, Lord, show me. I want it. I'm open. I don't care what men say. If you say it's for me, I want it. Well, how many believe that when he said to his disciples, I'll not leave you orphans. I'm not going to leave you helpless. I'm going to send you another comforter. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. Does the Holy Spirit belong to every believer? Certainly. Is he here to help us? Well, here in these chapters, we see the ways he moves. These nine manifestations or gifts of the Spirit are the ways the Holy Spirit moves and manifests himself. So when he's saying desire and covet earnestly the gifts of the Spirit, he's talking about desiring the Holy Spirit. Desiring to be full of the Spirit. Desiring the Holy Spirit to be active in your life. Let's go back to the 12th chapter. Remind ourselves of the ways he moves. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Does the Lord want us to know about these? Yes, he does. You know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols even as you were led. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations but the same Lord. There are diversities of operation, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to who? Who? Just a few? No. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. How many believers should expect to have manifestations of the Holy Spirit? How many? Well, see, he mentions the different nine manifestations of the Spirit immediately following this phrase. So he's talking about these things. Should you expect these next things we're about to read to be happening in your life? Absolutely. Now, he tells us, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, divers kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame Spirit dividing to every man severally or individually as he will. Now, you may not have all nine of these manifest in your life, but you ought to have some of them. You put us all together, all of them should be happening. You may have, 
you know, a manifestation of one or two more than you would. You might have one, a manifestation of one particular one, one time in your life and not again. But you might have three of the others manifested 400 times. Are you with me? Now, in talking about this, people have made these things completely spectacular. And because of that, folks are not expecting them and get to the place where they're not even desiring them. Don't know what they are. Don't know what to look for, what to expect. I know I did that with speaking in tongues. You've heard my testimony, but I over-spectacularized speaking in tongues. And for years was confused about it and didn't speak in tongues. In fact, I told my friends, I don't know how many people I told, well, now, if you ever hear me speaking in tongues, it won't be me. (laughs) Well, that's ignorance, foolishness, but I didn't know any better. I kept thinking, you know, well, the Holy Ghost is just going to take me over and make me speak. I'm over-spectacularizing it. Do you understand what I mean by that? Over-spectacularizing. Now, there are some things, manifestations of the Spirit, that are spectacular. Don't misunderstand. But a whole lot of it is not nearly as spectacular as some people think for. In fact, when it happens, it can seem very familiar to you. And it should. Because that's the same Spirit who lives in you 24-7. You should be familiar with Him. I know when I did finally speak in tongues, I stopped when I, and I realized I really was speaking in tongues. I thought, I could have done this <laughs> five years ago. But I thought wrong. I kept making it hard. I kept making it spectacular. Now, the same thing is true. A word of knowledge can be spectacular. But at the same time, it can come to you almost like a thought. You just know it. Are y'all with me now? We need to be aware of this with every one of these. I've had working the miracles happen in my ministry. I've had gifts of healings manifest in my ministry. And so many times it happens so quick and so effortlessly on my part, you just kind of shake your head. I know I laid hands on a, a woman that had a big growth on her wrist right here. Stuck up, I don't know. You know, inch or so. And uh, I laid hands on her. We cursed it and commanded it to go. And when I took my hand off, it was gone. Her skin was just as smooth as though it had never been. In fact, I had to check myself. Was it really there? Because faster than you could blink your eyes, this happens many times. Uh, I, this has happened so many times in this church that people... Uh, thought they had a problem, and then they believed and prayed, and it wasn't there. So they decided, well, never was there. Yeah, it was there. Yeah. It's just gone now. Yeah. Now, if the Lord ministers to you, healing, by definition, is recovery of the body from a diseased or damaged condition. 
And the Bible talks about people that recovered, uh, began to amend. They started getting better. And over a period of hours or days or whatever, they got well. Well, that's healing. And there is no such thing as an intelligent person that doesn't believe in healing. (laughs) Oh, I know some people. No, you don't know of any intelligent people. That don't believe in healing. Now if you run across somebody and that tries to tell you, I don't believe in healing. I don't believe in healing. You say, well, did you ever scrape your knee? Did you ever cut your hand? And I say, oh yeah, yeah, just, you know, last month I fell down and I scraped my knee and, and, well, let me see it. Oh no, it's healed up. It's what? <laughs> it's what? Thought you didn't believe in that. Oh, no, no. You know what I'm talking about. No, I don't. It all comes from the same source. God has put a certain amount of it in the healing body, saved and unsaved, folks. He just made us that way for maintenance and repair. Aren't you thankful that you got some healing in your body all the time? How many have healed up from something? I mean, scrapes and scratches and even broken bones and all kinds of stuff. You healed up. You healed up. Well, friends, where that healing came from, there's a lot more. I said there's a lot more. The Lord can increase the measure of healing working in a human body. In fact, we always, anytime somebody has any kind of a procedure or any kind of a surgery, anything like that, we pray that the Lord would direct and guide the doctor's eyes and minds and, and hands and keep them back from making mistakes and help them to do perfect work. And, you know, first of all, you want to be led that if you should have it or not. But if you got that settled, that you are supposed to do it, and the Lord meets you where you are, then you pray that, but you don't stop there. Then you say, Lord, we ask you to speed up the healing process afterwards. You know, normally it'd take you so long to heal up, but God can crank it up. He can turn up the healing power that's working in your body, and what might take six weeks could be done in two weeks. We've seen it again and again and again. We've heard physicians, we've heard nurses, and people say, man, that's just amazingly fast. Man, you have healed up fast. And what do we say? Thank you. Glory to God. You don't just go, well, yeah, I have an amazing metabolism. My body's really something. Oh, come on now. Come on. You didn't create yourself. You didn't make yourself. It's God. But now here, God can turn up the healing power so high Until it's done instantaneously. And that's when you see some of these miracles. It's not just a healing. Now you see it. Now you don't. Miracles. How many believe God can do miracles. And he still does miracles. Yes he does. Believe for it. Believe for it. We've seen a number of things like that. I've seen deaf ears open just like that. I've seen broken bones put back together. I laid hands one time on a a man. He was a physician. He was a very accomplished physician himself. And uh, he had broken his foot. He was there actually to be delivered from chemical addiction. Like so many physicians staying up all these crazy hours and pushing himself and all these drugs so readily accessible. He'd started taking stuff to keep him awake, taking stuff to go to sleep. And he had gotten addicted and was really in trouble with it. Well, the Lord broke that from off him 
when we prayed for him. But he jumped up to praise the Lord and he had a broken foot. He had a cast, a temporary cast. He was going to go back later and have to operate on it and then put a what they call a permanent cast on it and wear it for weeks. But he jumped up and came back down on that broke foot. <laughs> and it was instantly healed. Amen. He's a doctor. He ought to know. He took it off right there in the service and looked at it. Had everybody, I saw it before. It was swelled three times this time. All the swelling was gone. No pain. He came back the next day with a shoe on. Never had to have anything done to it. Well, that's a work in the miracles. Yes, that's a miracle. Not just recovery. Well, God can do all these things. And these are different ways the Holy Spirit moves. And manifest himself. Should we desire these things? Yes. Does it make any difference if we desire them or not? Yes. Hmm? Yes. Should we desire to see more miracles? Yes. Hmm? Yes. Should we hunger for it? Yes. Should we covet it earnestly? Would it make a difference? Yes. Would it make a difference if just half of Faith Life Church... Came in every time at the service, and not just in the service, but all through the week, everywhere you went, and at home, you just hungry, hungry, hungry to see the Holy Ghost move. Would it make a difference? Would we have more of this? I told Phyllis just this past week, I have already noticed an increase in my life in the word of knowledge. Just these past couple of weeks. Does it make a difference if we desire these things? Would we have more of it if we desired them more? Well, my, my, these things are so wonderful and amazing. If we can have more of it just by being hungry for it more and desiring it, what's holding us back? What are we waiting on? Say it out loud, I do do. desire. desire. Let's say it as the church so the Lord hears us as this local church. Say, we we desire, desire the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit. Lord, Lord, we're hungry for these. Hungry for these. We, want we want them. We respect them. We, respect them. we, value, them. we value them. Hallelujah. Now, we've studied some of this. So we talked about tongues. We talked about interpretation of tongues, prophecy. A little bit we may talk about this more. But if you want to hear it, you can go back in the Word Supply, get it, no charge. And let's go on talking more about the revelation manifestations uh, tonight. Now, these nine manifestations divide up into three groups of three, logically. Three of these manifestations say something. You could call them utterance manifestations. Speaking in tongues says something. Interpretation says something. Prophecy says something. Well, three of these do something. They're power manifestations wherein something is done. The uh, gift of faith. Something's done. The working of miracles. Something happens. It's done. Gifts of healings. Healing happens. Something is done. And then three of these are revelation manifestations. Three of these, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. Now, none of these are natural. You can't get the word of wisdom by study. 
Did you hear me? You don't get diverse kinds of tongues by learning different languages. Are you with me now? You can't get gifts of healings by going to medical school. Are y'all with me? These are not natural. They are supernatural. Just like speaking in tongues in a language you never learned is supernatural. All the rest of these nine are supernatural. Now the revelation gifts, and this is a wonderful thing to realize. Anytime the Holy Spirit reveals something to you, it'll be through one of these three ways. Or it could be two of them at once or all three of them at once. But these are the ways... He reveals things to us. A lot of people have already had more of these manifestations than they realize. Hmm? Like I said, though, they're over-spectacularizing it. They're trying to make it into something different than what it actually is. Now, there are different degrees of it, different levels of it. But a lot of people, if you say the Holy Ghost revealed this or that to me, how did he reveal it to you? If you found out something that there's no way you could have known except he caused you to know it, that's a word of knowledge. If he made you aware, allowed you to see something in the realm of the Spirit, that's discerning the spirits. And the word of wisdom has to do with the future, what is not yet here, what is hidden and not yet revealed uh, the Bible talks about faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's not here. It's not seen. But God knows the end from the beginning. Doesn't he? Go with me to the book of John, please. John 16. Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit. Verse 7, John 16, 7, he said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I'll send him to you. Is it really better the way we have it now with the Holy Spirit than the way the twelve disciples had it being with Jesus in person? Jesus said it was better. He said this is better than what they had. They had it afterwards. Now we have this. He said in verse 13, when the spirit of truth is come. Has he come? When did he come? On the day of Pentecost. He came and he's still here. I said he's still here. So, you know, some groups have latched on to where Jesus told them, he said, tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high. And some groups have latched on to that. And when it comes to receiving the Holy Spirit, they say, tarry. Tarry, wait for him till he comes. Well, that's incorrect. That only applied to them until he came. He came on the day of Pentecost and he's been here ever since. Nobody has to wait for him to come. He's here. What happens now is you believe you receive by faith. And a matter of learning how to yield. Yielding simply means acting on the promptings and urgings that the Spirit of God gives us. Keep reading though. He said, He will guide you into all the truth. He shall not speak of himself, but whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And... He will show you things to come. 
The New Living Testament says he will tell you about the future. The complete Jewish Bible says he will announce to you the events of the future. Easy to read says he will tell you what will happen in the future. He will let you know what is going to happen. Is this going on in our lives? Should we expect more? If you don't expect it, if you don't desire it, is it going to affect how much of it you have? So you've got millions of people, Christians, they love the Lord, they're thoroughly born again, but they don't believe in the person of the Holy Spirit. They don't believe in communing with Him. They don't believe in these gifts and manifestations. They don't desire them. They don't value them. They don't have them. They're not open to them. The Holy Spirit manifests Himself where He is respected. Where he is desired. Where he is wanted. He does, the Lord doesn't push himself off on people that doesn't want him. Now he's everywhere present. There, you can't go anywhere on this planet and say God's not here. It may feel like he's not there. And yet he's there. But there's some places you can sense his presence. And there's some places you can sense his presence strong. How many would like for your house to be one of those places... Where you can sense his presence strong. Your car, you can sense his presence strong. How about this church? Our church, we want a place where you can sense his presence strong. That even if unsaved folk that don't know the Lord come in, they may not know what this is, but they know, boy, what is that? That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, where is he going to be more in manifestation? Where he is desired. Where he is respected, where he is honored, where he is hungered for, where he is yielded to, submitted to, obeyed. We respect the Holy Spirit. Would you say that as an act of your faith? We respect the Holy Spirit. Well, you can't say, I want the Holy Spirit, but I don't want tongues. I see a lot of folk are trying that. Doesn't work. I said it doesn't work. You get filled with the Holy Spirit. Tongues comes with. (laughs) Well I've had wonderful experiences brother Keith. In the Holy Spirit. I don't speak in tongues. I'm not arguing with you. Not trying to take anything away from you. But I'll tell you this of a certainty. If you yield yourself fully. You'll speak in tongues. Everybody. (laughs) If you yield yourself fully. Oh, yeah, I had wonderful experiences as a believer before I spoke in tongues. Uh, You've heard me say some of this before, but I was taught to tarry. I wasn't taught to receive. And I tarried off and on for years. Please, God, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Please fill me. Please. Of course, when you can't pray in tongues, all you know how to pray is what's in your head. And you can pray all that in five minutes. And then what do you do? So I just kept on, please God, oh please God. And I had some brothers and sisters that would help me pray. And I'll thank God they were, man, they were faithful. All we knew was to tarry and ask, but we'd do it for hours. Please, please, please God fill me with the Holy Ghost. Please, please, please. God never intended believers be beggars. Faith is not a beggar. But that's all we knew. I remember one time, we were waiting, tarrying, waiting, tarrying, pleading, begging, waiting, tarrying. 
And I sense the presence of God. I mean so strong, stronger than I'd ever sensed the presence of God before. So strong I couldn't even raise my head. I'm draped over the altar. And I'm laying there and I heard kaplump, kaplump. I turned my head and these three men praying with me, they're laying out on the floor. Just flat under the presence of God. I looked over here. There were some more. People were all over the floor. And the Spirit of God so strong, the peace and the power of God so strong, I can hardly raise my head. And still I'm saying, please give me the Holy Ghost. Please, God, give me the Holy Ghost. Well, now, I'm having an experience of the presence of God. And didn't have enough sense to realize he's going, hello, here I am. It's me. (laughs) Didn't know how to yield. And didn't speak in tongues that night either. And so afterwards, I said it again. Well, I'll tell you one thing. If you ever hear me speaking in tongues, it won't be me. As long as I believed that, I never did. Wrong thinking. I wasn't trying to be antagonistic, just ignorant. How many understand being ignorant is not the same thing as being unintelligent? You can be extremely intelligent and just ignorant of one thing. Are some things. And what did he say? He did not want us to be ignorant of. Hmm? The gifts of the spirit. Spiritual gifts. Now the word of wisdom has to do with this operation of the Holy Spirit in our life. That he will show us things to come. Somebody say he shows me. Things to come. Say it again. He shows me. Things to come. Say it again. Close your eyes. He shows me things to come. That's word of wisdom. Now, he's not going to show you everything about everything to come. Does he know everything about what's coming? He's not going to show you that. You couldn't handle it. Don't need to know it. But he will give you not even a page. Not even a paragraph, but a word, a word of revelation about something in your future. Someone said, why don't he tell us more? Well, I believe he would tell us more if we'd pay more attention and desire these things, but he's never going to sit down with you with your planner (laughs) and take you through the next 20 years, month by month. And get why? Because you know you might feel like after that you got it. You wouldn't need to even pray and check in with the Lord. You just get your calendar out, and wouldn't have to walk by faith like you would otherwise. No, the Lord's never going to tell us that much. He expects us to be led by Him every day and walk by faith, not knowing. Abraham went out, not knowing where he knew he needed to go out. But he didn't know where he was going. And yet he knew all he needed to know if he's going to walk by faith. Now that's hard on your flesh. I said that's hard on your flesh. You know, you've heard our testimony numerous times, but I didn't know you and Phyllis didn't know you when we were shut up in the condo room with no money and no church and no congregation. And the Lord says, do this. Are y'all with me? We had not met. I didn't know you. 
We didn't know that hundreds of people would show up at the first service. The devil will tell you nobody's coming. And people are going to stay away. And he'll tell you all kind of stuff if you'll listen. But we didn't need to know everything and how it would work and how wonderfully faithful the Lord would be. We didn't need to know all that to obey him. All we needed to know was step out. Take this step. What's next? You'll see. He'll show you. He'll give you a word. And then it'll take faith to follow that out. And as you go, more will be revealed. How many remember uh, Saul when he got saved on the road to Damascus? When he's, you know, fighting against persecuting the church. And the Lord told him to go into the city and it would be told him. How many understand? He couldn't, if he goes back to where he came from... He's going to be in trouble. He's not going to get it. He's got to take that next step. Why go to the city? Why do that? You keep asking questions and you'll never find out. Go on to the city. Take the step you know to take. Do what you know to do. And as you take those steps, more light will come. Hmm? There are people in this room right now. And you're making decisions. You're in the midst of a thing, making decisions. And the reason you've been so agitated and so troubled is because you're trying to see too much before you'll move. Are y'all with me? You're actually bucking against walking by faith. You want to see how it's all going to work. You want to see where all the money's going to come from and how it can all happen before you take a step. And you'll never get it that way. Because God is a faith God. He requires faith. And a lot of things you just can't see until you get further down the road. You ever been driving down the road in your car? You see something way off in the distance? And you go, what is that? Maybe somebody's with you. You pull off on the side of the road. You sit there and go, what do you think that is? I can't make it out. It kind of looks like a, a building. I think it's a cow. <laughs> Maybe it's an 18-wheeler. <laughs> now, we can sit here, and we can theorize, and we can work ourselves up, can't we? we can work. Well, I don't know what it is. I wish I knew what it was. You can't make it. I don't know what it is either. We just don't. Let's call the prayer line. We can't make y'all pray. We can't make it out. What is it? I wish I knew what it was. Can anybody tell me a way to find out what it is? Come on, help me out now. Can you tell? What do you do? Just get back in the road. Come on, put it in D. Right? A little throttle. And just keep on trucking. Come on. Keep on taking steps. Get up, take another step, keep heading that way. And how many know as you get closer and closer, it's going to get clearer and clearer? Until after a while, you're going to go, oh, well, of course. That's what that is. No need sitting back here 10 miles away trying to make it out. Don't frustrate yourself. Don't vex yourself trying to see too much. See too far. Get too much figured out. The Lord will reveal to you a word of wisdom. Now, Phyllis is my word of wisdom. What was that, 2001 and 2? 
was that we were to come to Branson. Why? We had no intention of starting a church. Of course, the Lord, that was his intention all along. (laughs) Why didn't he tell us that? Didn't want to. He's going to see, are we going to walk by faith or not? What are you going to do? Go here, take this step. Uh, we did, we came, we looked around, we prayed, we looked. We knew, so, we knew something's going on, something's going on. And we got a word about Branson. Branson's a word. A word of wisdom. Branson's in your future. Branson. Now, what could that mean? Maybe that means we're going to start a show. Huh? <laughs> Branson's known for his shows. I mean, oh, you're laughing, but I mean, I'm just trying to say, what could it mean you're going to Branson? Well, we're going to retire from the ministry. <laughs> going to retire in Branson. <laughs> we thought we'd just base out of Branson and keep traveling like we were doing. That's what we thought. Now, now, why am I telling you all this? Because it's easy to get a word and try to make a page out of it. <laughs> and maybe the word was right, but all your commentary on it is way off base. Are you with me now? This happens all the time. You get a word... And it's got a lot of blanks around it. And so you start filling in the blank. Well, I think that must mean this. But it wasn't a word. What was our word? Tell me again. That was our word. What are you going to do when you get there? That's a blank. He didn't even give us the sentence. He just gave us a word. But he's showing us things to come. Oh, come on, can you see this? Can you expect that in your life? Someone said, well, you're a preacher, Brother Keith. These are not preacher verses. He didn't say these manifestations are given to every preacher. Every individual, every child of God can expect these kind of things. Say it out loud again. He shows me me things to come. come. Is it his will? Must be his will. To make us aware of things in our future. To let us know things about his plan and purposes for us in the future. Or he wouldn't have said this. That part. And I mean of all the things he could have said. This is one of the main things in this verse. That when the spirit of God comes. He will show you things to come. Listen to these other verses. Don't try to turn to them. Just listen to them. Jeremiah 33. 3 says call unto me. And I will answer you. And show you great and mighty things that you know not. Does the Lord want to show you some things you don't know? Show you some things about your future you don't know. You've never seen. Does he want to? Jeremiah 29.11. in the NIV. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Somebody say hope Hope. and a future. future. See, the word of knowledge has to do with the present and the past. Things you could know about what has happened and what is happening. But 
uh, knowledge of the future. That's It hasn't happened yet. So how can you know about it? Well, God knows the end from the beginning. He, <laughs> it's hard for us to wrap our mind around how he knows all of this and he, time does not affect him uh, like it does us. He sees the end from the beginning. That doesn't mean we don't have a free will. He just knows us. He knows the enemy. He knows his own plan. And he knows his plan for your life. And he wants to give you not all of it so that you just check your calendar from now on. But enough of it to get you going in the right direction. So that you can take that word and words and then walk by faith with the rest of it. And trust him to fill in the blanks. He will show you things to come. Say it one more time. He will show you things to come. There are so many of these in the Bible. I've got lists and lists of them here. I don't want to start. I just want you to get the spirit of it so you can recognize it any time that it is happening. But go to Acts 9 and let's just touch on this one. The word of knowledge and the word of wisdom operate hand in hand many times. We divide them to define them, but they work hand in hand. How many have read the book of Revelation? Well, John is out there on an island by himself, and he gets to praying, and the Spirit of God shows him. Now, you know, people talk about the seven churches, and they so many times say seven church ages, which that term is not used. And I'm not saying it can have no application there, but I think people miss the fact that these seven churches existed at this time. These are not just figurative. These churches existed and the people in them. And the Lord revealed to John things about each one of them, didn't he? Well, what is that? What is that? That's word of knowledge. What they were doing, what they were not doing. How could he know? He's got no telephone. He's got no internet. He's got no TV. He's out here on this island for all this time. And he knows that this church is about half backslid. And and this church is doing good in this area, but not good in this area. Have you read the book of Revelation? He describes their condition. Doesn't he? That's word of knowledge. But he doesn't end there. Does he talk to them about their future? Talks to them about if you'll do this, then this is going to happen. If you don't do this, this bad thing will happen. What is that? That's word of wisdom. Has to do with the future. Has to do with the plans and purposes of God. Here in Acts 9, you see such a, uh, a definite illustration of both of these at work in the same time. Acts 9, we see Saul persecuting the church on the road to Damascus, met Jesus. And this is discerning the spirits. He sees Jesus. He sees the light. He hears the voice. He said, "Uh, who are you? He said, I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the pricks. He trembling and astonished said, Lord, what will you have me to do? He's not arguing with him, is he? 
And the Lord said, Arise and go to the city, and it shall be told you what you must do. What is that? Come on, tell me what that is. Hmm? That is a word of wisdom. Now, we said this before. Anything the Holy Spirit's going to reveal to you, he's going to do it through these manifestations. He said, Go to the city, and it will be told. How did he know it was going to be told him? This is something that hasn't happened yet. This is a word of Did he tell him that Ananias was coming? No. Did he tell him about he's going to get filled with the Holy Spirit at the same time? No. No. He didn't give him a paragraph. Just gave him a word. And now if he's going to have faith, he'll obey that word. Keep going. Uh, verse 10. There was a certain disciple at Damascus. This is not a prophet. This is not an apostle. This is not an evangelist, not a pastor, a disciple. We might say a lay person, churchgoer, a believer, named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision. Ananias, he said, behold, I'm here, Lord. The Lord said to him, arise and go into the street which is called Straight and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prays. What is that? He gave him the address and who lived there. Where he was, who he was, whose house he was in, what street the house is on. Friends, we've not been operating in enough of this. This is available to us. I said this is available to us. Certainly you see it in the ministry of the prophet. But it's not limited to the prophet's ministry. I know uh, my grandmother... And my great-grandmother were healed in William Branham's meetings. And he was used powerfully in this area of word of knowledge. And uh, I have some uh, videos of his. Uh, and one of them, people had come up before him. And uh, he'd stop for a minute and he's checking his heart. And, and he said, uh, you come from the West. Highway such and such. Your house number is 348 uh, Throckmorton Street. And the the lady starts crying. Now let's just stop right here. There have been many fake things that have tried to duplicate that. uh, Preachers with earphones in their ears and people that interviewed folk beforehand. And there's a whole lot of people just, they think that's the only way it has ever happened. If you believe that's the only way it has ever happened, then you don't believe this. Hmm? You don't believe the Bible. Because the Bible says people knew things supernaturally, including addresses and streets and names and times and places, before they had any way of knowing. Well, God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We got the same Holy Spirit. I've seen both. I've seen the real. I've seen fake. It's sad that a lot of people don't know the difference between the two. One thing they need to see is the real. Once you see and experience the real, you know the fake from then on. It's hard for anybody to fool you because you know the difference. And one thing about a real manifestation of the Spirit, it does not draw attention to the man or woman. It draws attention to Jesus. It glorifies Him. That's what he's talked about in 1 Corinthians 12. But my own grandparents, they, my grandmother had cancer on her hand. 
And this was back many years ago. And they didn't have money, and so they didn't go to the doctor. And it had gotten worse and worse and worse. And it just had, that hand was almost unusable now and very ugly. And she was very self-conscious about it, so she kind of kept it behind her back all the time. And that's what she wanted to get in the line for. And uh, my grandmother's woman loved God with all her heart. And and uh, Sunday school teacher and secretary for, I think, 40, 50 years and all like that. And and she went up, and I'd ask her about it. She said she sensed the presence of God when she came by. And one thing that he required was respect for the Holy Spirit. In fact, he'd stop sometimes and say, now there's some people. You mocking this and you making fun of this, you should just get up and leave. You should get out of here. In fact, he'd warn people that some of these problems that were leaving people could get on them if they judged and mocked and made fun of it. These are some things we need to learn about, don't we? And uh, you could tell that he'd talk about how it hindered. That people are sitting there scoffing and going, oh, they've just made that up. They just, that's a bunch of fake. That's just a bunch of baloney. Well, that's not valuing and desiring these things, is it? That's the opposite of it. That's counting them of no value, saying they don't even exist. Oh, but I've been in a group before where you got a bunch of folk believing for them, respecting them. Much respect, much value, much honor. My grandmother, she said she hadn't realized it, but she's holding that hand behind her. And when she got up for him to pray for her, uh, he looked at her and said, you're a good believer. How would he know that? She was a good believer. He said, you're a good believer. You love the Lord. He said in that, uh, that hand behind your back is cancer. But the cancer will go away. And he said, but that's not the main thing on your mind. He said, "Uh, you're really troubled about your mother. She was sick. And she's here in the crowd, isn't she? Well, she's way back in the back. You could hardly see her. He said, ma'am, stand up back there. Stand up. And she stood up and was healed too. Both of them were healed by the power of God. Well, like Brother Hagin used to always say, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. The results. She was healed, didn't lose that hand, didn't lose her life. Her mother, my great-grandmother, was healed also. Somebody say glory to God. Are these things valuable? Are they precious? Now, God's going to use some folks in a more pronounced way in some of these things than others. And some of them are going to be on a higher level. And some of them are going to be more spectacular than other. But all of us can have some degree of manifestation of these things in our lives. All of us can. They're just different degrees. Same Holy Ghost. Isn't that what he said? Different manifestations of the Spirit. Same Holy Ghost. A lot of different ministries. Same Lord. A lot of different operations. Same God. And you got the same Holy Spirit in you that was in Brother Branham. Brother Oral Roberts, Brother Kenneth Hagin, anybody that you've ever known that was used of the Lord, you got the same Holy Spirit in you. Well, then it's possible you could have any one of these manifestations. 
Now, you don't want to try to tell the Lord, well, Lord, I want it like that. No, don't tell him that. Just tell him you're hungry for any of these, right? And all of these, and let him give you the manifestation as he wills, as it pleases him. Now, I know I sound redundant about this, but it's for a, a reason. What have we learned already that would cause us, you at home, us in the church, to have more of these? What have we learned? Desiring them. Don't let that get past you. I may say it another 150 times. Because why would he tell us desire them, desire them, covet them earnestly? Why? Because it's connected with us having them. And we've also learned another thing. This thing began with speaking in tongues. And we read you the statement about Brother Hagin. How he saw in his own personal life. I've heard him say it time and time and time again. The more I pray in tongues, the more of these other manifestations I have. The less I speak in tongues, the less. Why? Because it's the same spirit. It's the same flow. You get to yielding to the spirit of God with tongues on a regular basis. You're already tuned up to yield to him in other areas. It's the same spirit. Same Holy Spirit. He said, told him they gave him the address, gave him the street, gave him the house, told him the name of the man's house he was in. Isn't that right? Say word of knowledge. That's all word of knowledge. And then he went on to say, verse 12, he's seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Now, what is that? That's different from word of knowledge. What is that? That's something hasn't happened yet. And it's not just revelation of the future. It's revelation of the plan of God. Oh, come on. Can you see this? Word of wisdom reveals not just something in the future, but something of the plans and purposes of God in the future. Now, it is wildly popular. It is a multi-billion dollar business in this country. Palm readers, huh? fortune tellers, crystal ball readers, uh, tea leaf readers, psychic readings. And what is all of this supposed to be reaching for, trying to get? Huh? Some kind of revelation. Most of the time, people are looking for something in the future. Listen, friends, we ought to stay miles away from any of this. These things are just poor, perverted substitutes for the true. Do you remember that when Paul encountered a young woman that the Bible said she made her masters a lot of money by soothsaying? That's fortune telling. That's what that is. And she was making a lot of money doing that. And then he cast a spirit out of her. If anybody is able to do something apart from God, it's because they've got a wrong spirit. A lot of it's just hocus pocus and nothing to it. But if there's anything to it apart from God, it's a wrong spirit. And, of course, they're liars. But how many understand you do not have to call any psychic hotline? Come on now. You don't have to have your palm red, foot red, eyebrow red. You don't need to read your tea leaves, coffee leaves. Throw them grounds out. Pitch them. You've got the Holy Spirit. You've got the same spirit. That was in Jesus, in Paul. Come on, in Peter. 
same Holy Ghost. And Jesus, the head of the church, said he will show you things to come. He shows me things to come. Shows me things to come. Look at one more of these. We were there in John 9, very next chapter. What is Acts 10? Excuse me. Acts 10 is where I'm about to read. Cornelius, a devout man, verse 2, feared God with all his house, gave a lot of alms to the people, prayed to God always. He saw in a vision about the ninth hour, angel of God, that's discerning of spirits. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? He said, your prayers and your alms, your offerings are come up for a memorial before God. Now, people have made fun of this, but they're making fun of the Bible. Does God remember and take notice of your prayers and your offerings? He does. And he said, now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon whose surname is Peter. He lodges with one Simon a tanner whose house is by the seaside. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is a lot of information. Did you see that? I mean, we've read this so many times. I think, try to put yourself in Cornelius' place. He's probably trying to write it down. Huh? He said, you need to send people to Joppa. Now, this is so much revelation here. Send men to Joppa. Now, that is a word of what? Wisdom. He hasn't done it yet. How does he know he needs to send anybody? How does he know he doesn't go himself? Why send men? Well, God had a plan. And it wasn't just for him to get something, but for his whole house. And the Lord knew when the word got out, his relatives and kin folks and friends would all come and fill up the house. God's smart. Somebody say, God's smart. This is a revelation of God's plan, something that has not occurred yet. It's a what? Word of wisdom. But I keep reading. Call for one Simon whose surname is Peter. He lodgeth, no, he is lodging, we might say, with Simon a tanner. His house is by the seaside. What's all that? That's word of not. That's happening right now. Has happened and is happening. And he told him where the house was, who owned the house, what the man's profession was. There's no way he could have known this except by revelation. Can you operate more by revelation? Hmm? I said, can you operate more? By revelation. We need to train ourselves, friends. We live in a generation that only knows intellect. That only knows mind and body. And so people completely rely on their head and their understanding and their memory. And friend, to do that is to live a limited life. We need to be more and more aware of the greater one inside us. And we're in the middle of things. We need to be open to knowing something we didn't learn. Knowing something we didn't read in the book. Knowing something nobody told us. 
but respecting it enough to check it out. Brother Hagin used to tell the story about a, a man that he knew of was just driving down the street, praying in tongues. Somebody say praying in tongues. Just in his car, praying in the Holy Spirit. It was raining. And he said he had a prompting, turn in here. It was at a Catholic church. Turn in here. Well, he's a wild-eyed Pentecostal. <laughs> turn in here. And he kind of hesitated, but it came up in him strong. Turn in here. So he just whipped in without thinking. Now, get this. He didn't reason it out. Are you with me? He didn't reason it out. He just talking in tongues, and it came up in He just whipped it. So he just sat there in the parking lot, prayed in tongues some more. His mind's thinking, what are you doing here? <laughs> but it came up in him. Go inside. Go inside. He thought, well, I don't know anybody over here. Go inside. He got out of the car in the rain, went through, got inside. He's wandering around. He didn't see anybody. It's a big place. He's wandering around. Hello. Wandering around. Hello. He walked around. There's a little office. And somebody came to. Who are you? Well, I'm Mr. So-and-so. And and he was involved with the Full Gospel Businessmen's Association at that time. Introduced himself to a priest that was in his office. So the priest threw up his hands and shouted, Glory to God. He said, just a few minutes ago, I was reading about being filled with the Holy Ghost. And I asked the Lord to help me, send me somebody that knows about this. Glory to God. And he said, well, sit down. He talked to him about it, laid hands on him. He was gloriously filled with the Spirit of God, spoke in tongues. What was that? Word of wisdom. It was directing him. Do this. Do that. Why? God has a plan. He's endeavoring. Wonder if more people paid more attention to these things that go on. See, if you don't desire them, you won't be looking for them. And you'll miss them. Won't have them. But that's not us anymore. I said, that's not us anymore. We desire them. We're hungry for them. We're reaching for them. Can you say, I am? He went on to say, Send men to Joppa, call for this man. He's staying in Simon's house. Simon's a tanner. His house is over there by the seaside. He will tell you what you ought to do. Now, what is that? That's word of wisdom. He's going to tell you. That has to do with the plan of God, has to do with the future. And so he did. And then you see while Peter's up on the house, stopped praying, he fell into a trance. He saw the things that he saw. And verse 18 The men are downstairs at the gate. And they said, is there a Simon uh, that's here, Peter? And Peter was thinking on what he just saw. And the Spirit said to him, there's three men looking for you. (laughs) They're down there knocking on the gate. We have become entirely too technology dependent. Can't do basic math without a calculator. (laughs) Can't try to come up with any ideas unless you do searches on the net. (laughs) Are you listening? We've become too technology dependent and it is a shallow life. I don't care if you got the best computers and the best access to the net in the world. It's a shallow life compared to this. 
Thank God for these tools. Let's use them as they're beneficial. But don't be led by them and don't base your life on them. Learn to look inside. Learn to look to the greater one inside you and believe for things like this. Supernatural revelation comes to you from the Holy Spirit. Not from out here, but from in here. He said, there's three men looking for you. Get up. Now, let's just start the third. There's three men seeking you. What is that? Huh? Word of knowledge. They're there right now. That's present. That's a reality. Get up and get you down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. What is that? That's a word of wisdom. This is what you do when you meet them. You're going to go with them. Now, did he know that he's going to preach to them and the Holy Ghost is going to fall? They're all going to get filled with the Spirit and God's going to open this thing up to the Gentiles? No. What did he have? Do you see his word here? What's his word? Get up. Go with them. Now, this is a good word. Doubting nothing. What does that mean? (laughs) What does that mean? Well, see, a Jew is not supposed to go in the house of the uncircumcised. He was not supposed to do all all kind of things are going to come in his mind. But he's already got his word. Doubting nothing. Just go. Why am I going? Silence. (laughs) What am I going to do when I get there? More silence. Because if you're going to walk by faith, you know all you need to know. And you don't need to know. Until you get there. I remember one time, and I think I can close with this, but I'd been traveling a lot and preaching and teaching. And usually, you know, I'd get what I'm going to teach on a good bit ahead of time. And this particular time, man, I couldn't get it. I studied and studied, and and uh, I had preached a lot, but I, I didn't have it. Now, I don't know if you understand what I mean by that or not. Somebody says, well, you didn't have any notes, and didn't any study? Lots of notes, lots of study, but you don't have it till he gives it to you. That's right. And I'm riding on a commercial airliner, and I'm supposed to get off and go to the church and speak in a few hours, and I don't know what I'm going to speak on. Man, I'm racking my brain. I'm checking my heart. I'm thinking, do I need to study some more? Do I need to read some more? Uh, and I couldn't get it. I couldn't get it. And finally I said, uh, Lord, you know, any time would be good. <laughs> I were, the plane's on approach. is about to land. They're going to meet me in the car. I'm going to go to the speaker's room and, and put on the mic. And, <laughs> and the Lord spoke to my heart. I don't mean I heard an audible voice now, but he spoke to my heart. He said, you trust me? Uh, yes, sir. He said, Relax. Now, your flesh don't like that, does it? <laughs> relax. I thought, okay, relax. So I tried to relax. <laughs> I got there, got in the car, saying hi to everybody, going to the church. I'm in the speaker's room. They're handing me the mic. I'm putting it on. Still don't know. Still don't know. Oh, man. I thought, Lord. He said, trust me, relax. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting at the, they brought me out, you know, like this. I'm sitting in the chair with other pastors introducing me. I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what verse to go to. I thought, Lord, let's just stop right here. Why would he do that? Would he do that? Some people might not believe. 
Without faith, it is impossible to please him. He likes faith. Hmm? If you don't know that about him, you need to learn. What does it mean? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, expected, and the evidence of things. It's not yet. It's not seen. It's not experienced. And your flesh does not like that. You want to see it way ahead of time. You want it all mapped out and planned out ahead of time. And you can't walk by faith like that. And so they said, turn it over to, you know, let's give Brother Keith a hand. Tell him we're all glad that he's here. And I got up and walked to the, and while I'm walking, he began to give me word of knowledge. Word of knowledge. And the whole service, we called things out and ministered to people. And just didn't need a sermon. Why didn't he give me a sermon? I thought I needed one. That's just one example of something, the kind of things that happen every day in all believers' lives if you walk by faith, if you're led by the Spirit. And if you'll take that step, step out not knowing, that's when you'll get to these kind of things. Turn in. Why? Go in. Why? Just do it. Just do it. Ask this question. Pick up the phone. Do this. Why? Why? Go to his house. Why do I need to go to his house? People are looking for you. Go with them. Why? What am I going to do? You don't need to know that. Just take the step. And if we'll learn how to walk in more faith, we'll begin walking in more of the supernatural, more of the spectacular even manifestations of the Spirit of God. Stand on your feet if you would. Hallelujah. Somebody say glory to God. Say it again, glory to God. Oh, Father, we worship you tonight. We give you glory. We give you praise. We give you adoration. Come on, let's pray in the Spirit. We know it's a key. Lift up your voice. Pray in the Spirit. Oh, Praise Don Balaveros. Oh, Ava Ramosori, Ava Marasori, Mavasori, Mavasori, Mananasidi, Alevanosoro, Alevan Maneshe, Alevan Mangasa, Elevan Malesa, Eva Mala, Selo, no, Selo, no, Selato, Sela, no, Sela, no.
Hallelujah. Just keep your eyes closed for a minute. If you're here tonight, you've never been filled with the Spirit speaking in other tongues, or you're watching by internet or TV, it's not hard. It's very simple. All you got to do is believe and receive and yield. Let's pray and, and, and help everybody that wants to join in with us. All you got to do is ask the Father to fill you with the same Spirit that you're born again of. Believe He gives you utterance. By faith, speak out. Not in a language you know. Don't try to think about it. Just by faith. It's an act of faith. What am I going to say? You don't know. It's an act of faith. Everybody, close your eyes. Say it out loud. Father God, I believe in you. I believe in Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Jesus is my Lord. Father, fill me. To overflowing with your Holy Spirit, give me utterance in a new tongue by faith I receive. By faith I speak. Don't think, don't look around, speak by faith. Malevrano sore, bella fondo gore, nalo nelo nasce, avla monson de guerra, e lo mando solo, e lo manda niela, nena nela nela, avelo no solo non gondare nena malade, e valano no se la nande a die. Hallelujah. I heard these words in my spirit. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to step out. You know what to do. Oh, you don't know all, but you know enough to take a step. Take that step and more light will come. Take that step, more revelation will come. Take that step and it will set things in motion for you. But don't take the step, nothing will happen. Just keep waiting, waiting and wondering, waiting and wondering. Nothing will happen, nothing will happen. Take the step and see. See the work of the Lord flowing in your life. See the favor of the Lord manifesting over your life. And see the next step revealed. Take the step. Hallelujah. Everybody say, take the step. If you know what to do, just take that. You don't have to know what's going to happen afterwards. Take that step and more light will come. Say it again. Take the step. 
Oh, praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise him a little bit more here. Father, we worship you. We extol you. We magnify you. We bless your holy name. Oh, you're so good. 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 Close your eyes. Pray this prayer out loud. Father God. Forgive us for not desiring these things more, not paying attention more, not acting on these things more. We do desire them. Teach us more about them. Give us these things. We'll respect them. We'll value them. We'll respond to them. Get glory to yourself in us. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, we thank you. Oh, Father, we thank you. Oh, Father, we thank you. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.